Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. I'm Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, the impact it has on us, how we respond to it, how we can exceed the expectations and limitations of this world, in essence, how we can level up and live lives that serve a higher purpose. show. It is May the 4th, and I should probably address the elephant in the room. Uh, It is May 4th. May the 4th be with you. To all of those out there who are Star Wars fans, this is your day. But we're here to do a show, so we'll move past that, and we'll move right into the minute of transparency. So I don't know if, uh, if you're experiencing this whole quarantine thing the same way that I am, but it's basically gotten to the point where days are running into weeks and weeks are running into months, and it's just really hard for me to stay focused on what day it is, what week it is. Um, Everything has just kind of run together into one giant glob of time that I think we're just going to look back on uh, someday, and we're just going to refer to it as the quarantine or as... um, you know, where were you during the coronavirus, that sort of thing. And so living in this tunnel, if you will, has just been a little strange. I think it's something that each of us is having to struggle with on our own and and figure out. Uh, But one of the things that I've noticed is that the pandemic seems to have polarized people a bit. Now, I'm not talking about the people on the front lines in the healthcare industry, those who've lost jobs, those who may have lost a family member or loved one due to the coronavirus. Um, You know, I have the utmost respect for these people and I am in no way prescribing, you know, that they should feel one way or the other, act one way or the other, um, you know, how they should grieve through this. Um, I'm, for, for these people, I'm just praying that they get through it, that they know how much we appreciate what they do And, uh, you know, that they feel a sense of love from those around them. But I'm talking more about uh, just the average Joe, like you and me, uh, people who are living in quarantine and and really not feeling the full weight of the pandemic. But, you know, just having to deal with this new world of uncomfortableness and restriction. Um, And for those of us, it seems like we, we have polarized into um, you know, different sides of, of different coins, right? That we've, we've become different people and, and maybe that peace inside of us that, that nobody sees most of the time, it really has come out in, and this pandemic has really forced it into the, the forefront. So I'm going to just run through like three or four different, um, options that we have, as, as people experiencing this and, and how it's kind of impacted or what I've seen it impact um, myself and, and others around me. So the first is is the concept of being a consumer versus a con- contributor. And, and I've really seen this, uh, I've heard people talk about it. You know, you, you hear people say, hey, you know, while you're in quarantine, uh, take this time to do something good or take this time to learn something new. Um, And so I've seen that where, you know, where we have the opportunity to either sit and just consume content 
uh, hide away in our house and binge Netflix or whatever it is, or we can find something new to do, find something new to learn, um, and, and contribute or give back. Um, so yeah, that's one way, um, sitting around doing nothing versus learning something new. Uh, the other big thing I've seen is, is this ability for us to either complain and lash out or, uh, actually enjoy your time together, uh, with, with your family, with the people in your household, um, and really get to know each other better. Um, so that's another option we have is either to kind of go the negative route or go the positive route. And then finally, um, you know, really dealing with more mental health issues, uh, you know, going the route of fear and anxiety versus the ability to kind of just stay calm and, and trust that everything is going to blow over and uh, this too shall pass. And so I just, I, I was kind of thinking about that this week and um, my, my encouragement to you really is to look at every scenario you face and kind of determine how you want to be seen by others or how, how you can handle situations. See each situation as an opportunity to either give in to human nature or to transcend human. There you go. All right, so let's dive in. Uh, last week we introduced controversy theory, and this, we're, this week we're actually diving into the first basic assumption of the theory, and that basic assumption is a controversy exists. So we're going to walk through uh, five different things in this episode. The first is the concept of temporal versus eternal. Uh, second, we're going to talk about the controversy beginning. Third, a uh, shift of venue. Fourth, the earth is a stage. And then finally, we're going to wrap up with participation is a privilege. So number one, temporal versus eternal. Uh, this is a concept that I could have easily presented in the last episode, as it would have definitely helped introduce the, the controversy theory idea. Um, but I definitely had no problem filling up the previous episodes, so I figured I would just save it for this one. So what does temporal versus eternal have to do with controversy theory, and what does it have to do with me? Uh, well, as always, let's start by defining our terms. So... Temporal um, is pertaining to or concerned with this present life or this world, the concept of being worldly. Uh, another definition is enduring for a time only, temporary, transitory. Then eternal, uh, without beginning or end, lasting forever, always existing, perpetual, ceaseless, and endless. So when it comes to controversy theory, we see the, the concepts of temporal versus eternal play out on two different levels. So first, uh, they exist as part of the controversy, the battle between God and Satan. So God, uh, we, we know, is eternal. So he has always been, and he always will be. It's a little difficult to understand, uh, as everything on earth is time-sensitive, right? On earth, everything has a beginning and everything has an end. But God and his eternal nature is something that we kind of struggle with because we don't understand the concept of something always having been or something always existing. Next, we have Satan, and Satan is considered temporal. So Satan was a created being. Like us, he had a beginning, and although he didn't, 
wasn't meant to have an end um, because of what happened in, in heaven, and we'll talk more about this later, um, he will have an end just like us. So he was a created being um, and now obviously destined to the same fate as us, but ultimately he will experience eternal separation from God through death. So he is considered temporal. Uh, the second uh, area where temporal and eternal play in is in our everyday lives. So each day we have the ability to choose which of the two that we focus on. So the temporal, you know, we, we're focusing on the world we live in, worldly pursuits, the search of happiness, uh, for happiness, uh, wealth accumulation, climbing the ladder of success, wanting to be famous, etc. right? All of those things are temporal pursuits, we call them. And at the end of the day, they offer no eternal benefit. And then there's the eternal that we can focus on. So there's an eternal pursuit that is available to each of us. It isn't flashy. It isn't politically correct necessarily, uh, or in any way part of the culture that we are a part of. But the eternal pursuit is the spiritual pursuit. And when we find it, we have to choose it. But once we've chosen, well, once we've chosen, uh, the eternal, it produces eternal results. So the concept of temporal versus eternal is one that will definitely play out throughout the entire book, right? The entire series of controversy theory. Uh, but for now, all we really need to understand is that controversy theory exists to help hurting people pick their heads up from the temporal and focus on the eternal. Number two, the controversy begins. So in order uh, to understand the controversy, we, we really have to go back to the beginning, actually way back even before the beginning. So obviously I wasn't there and social media didn't exist. So we weren't, you know, we weren't taking Insta stories and, and posting things on Facebook. So we can't go back through God's uh, social media channels to see, you know, what was going on and to see how things happened. So how do we really know what happened? Well, for those of us who are Christians, we believe that the Bible is that piece of the puzzle uh, that helps explain truth to us. Uh, and so if, if we go back through the Bible, um, you know, and I don't want to get into a debate over the Bible, whether it's allegorical, literal, or some combination of the two, um, those are unique debates that rage on between you know, intellectual academics and theologians uh, in order to, you know, bolster their uh, unique twist on the use of the Bible or their unique belief in the Bible. So, so we're not going to argue the point, um, but controversy theory is based on the Bible and it believes that the Bible is what we would consider truth, uh, an absolute truth that we can put our faith in. So, We'll leave the arguing to others, but uh, just know that the controversy exists and that controversy theory um, accepts the following interpretation of the way things started. So, starting with God and God existing. So, God is an eternal being, no beginning, no end. He just exists. Again, something we have a hard time wrapping our brains around, but that's the way it is. Uh, next, God is a social being. So God is made up of three distinct elements. Uh, we refer to them as the, or we refer to God as the Trinity, 
when we refer to the three elements of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we can't completely understand what this means, but we know somehow that these three distinct parts make up one eternal being that we refer to as God. Uh, next, God is a creative being. So, uh, you know, just reading the Bible and reading the creation story and, and the time and energy he put into our world and to us, um, we realize that he is very creative and that he must thoroughly enjoy uh, the creative process as the Bible kind of explains the existence of even created beings in heaven uh, prior to creating the earth. So that was kind of a wrap-up of God and, and what things were like in heaven. And then at some point, um, God had created a race of beings called angels, and one of the angels uh, was Lucifer. And Lucifer was, uh, I guess he kind of stood out for some reason. He was an exalted angel. He may have been in a position of authority over other angels. Uh, but at, at some point, uh, Lucifer had a thought pop into his head. And uh, this thought probably went something like, why does God get to be God? Uh, why doesn't God allow me to create things like he does? Why can't I be part of the Trinity? Or maybe it all came down to, why can't I be God? Um, but whatever it was, you know, this thought became a seed inside of him uh, that eventually grew into the sin virus. Uh, now, Lucifer allowed these thoughts to keep running through his head. He, water, he watered the seed, he placed it in the sun, and he allowed it to grow into a plant. And eventually, um, his thoughts turned into actions. This thought that he had, basically kind of rooted in pride and jealousy, uh, grew in his heart, and it basically turned Lucifer into patient zero uh, in the sin virus pandemic. So obviously we're living in a world right now where you know, we're, we're very comfortable with the concept of a virus and a pandemic and what it does and how it spreads. So this is really the perfect analogy when we talk about um, sin starting in Lucifer and him being patient zero in this uh, pandemic that, that was beginning to spread throughout heaven. Um, he spread it around, you know, trying to infect as many of the angels as possible. And once he had a following built, he decided to to pick a fight with God. And the Bible describes it this way. In Revelation 12, 7, it says, And war broke out in heaven. God fought against Lucifer and his followers, uh, which had grown to nearly a third of the angels at that time. Uh, and, and it became a war. Now, this is a movie I would love to see. Uh, if you could be a fly on the wall and actually sit and experience that, uh, can you even imagine it? it you know, it was probably like a hundred times more intense than anything else we've seen play out here on planet Earth. Um, but then again, I also feel like it was probably a pretty lopsided war. I mean, you have God on the one hand, an eternal being fighting against one of his created beings. How fair can that really be? Anyway, uh, let's jump ahead to the conclusion. So Lucifer and his followers were removed from heaven and banished to earth. Now, why earth, you ask? Well, I don't know that we've ever really been given a great explanation, um, but there's a chance that Luf Lucifer's initial uh, thoughts, his initial jealousy, stemmed from the fact that earth was being created 
and humankind was being created by God. Maybe that's why he was frustrated. Maybe he wasn't allowed to help. Maybe he had to just sit and watch God and uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, really have a good time and enjoy their their time creating together, and he wasn't allowed to be part of that um, process. Maybe it's because he saw how much fun they had, you know, creating it together, and that that he really wasn't getting to be a part of that process. But again, we're not sure. But it makes sense that, uh, you know, if Earth was the friction point, that maybe this is why it became their future home. So number three, shift of venue. So Satan was banished to Earth, and uh, humans, who were the created beings on Earth, uh, ended up being collateral damage in this whole scenario. So humans were created by God, and we were said to be created in his image. So transcend human suggests that uh, this must mean that we are created to be social and creative, just like God. We're creative in at least two ways, right? Uh, We create quite literally when we have children. We're actually creating life. Um, And then we're also creative just in our everyday work right, through art and, and music and sports and our careers, uh, simply thinking outside the box and coming up with new ways to do things. We're being creative. And then we're social beings, obviously, in many ways. So being part of a family, having friends, joining social or uh, affinity groups, our, our religious connections, things like that. Those are all, you know, ways that we are social. Now, this wasn't lost on Lucifer, or Satan, as he's now called. Um, when he's on Earth, he's referred to as Satan. Um, he saw the connection that humans had with God, and I think that, you know, just frustrated him even more. He hated every minute of it. So, so he determined in his heart to ruin that relationship. However, he wasn't allowed to kill humans, uh, you know, that God created outright. Uh, God had actually decided that in, in order to give humans uh, a, a choice in this battle that had happened between him and Satan, uh, that he would put a voting booth, if you will, in the Garden of Eden. So right there in the middle somewhere of the garden, there was a tree, a giant tree, and this tree was called the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil. And uh, this was basically the portal uh, through which Satan was allowed to operate. Uh, the, the one area where he was able to influence the humans that God created. So God told the first humans, you know, hey, I'm give, giving you this entire area, this entire garden, and love it, enjoy it, feel free to wander around, but, you know, there's a tree over there, and I'd really suggest you not go near that tree. Like, I really don't want you um, going to the tree, eating anything from the tree, just stay away from it. And I'm, I'm sure it was a gentle and loving warning, you know, that that they should have been easily able to abide by. Um, but what do we as humans do? Well, we test boundaries. We push limits. We push back against the one thing that we're told that we can't or shouldn't do. So Satan hatched his plan. And, uh, you know, one day when Eve was out walking around, she kind of wandered by the tree And uh, Satan decided to uh, place himself into the the body of a snake, a a flying snake, and was in the tree and started to talk to Eve. And 
I think, you know, at first it probably just startled her like, oh my goodness, what is that? Maybe something she had never seen before. Um, definitely, you know, not talking to one of the animals that I don't think that was something that really happened. And so it was, you know, this, this new thing. And so it drew her, uh, drew her attention and drew her over and, uh, Satan continued the conversation. I'm sure it was just harmless chit chat at first, you know, just enough to draw her in and, uh, and get her interested in what, what he was doing in the tree. Um, but eventually he got to the heart of the matter, which is that, God knows that if you eat of this tree, your eyes will be opened and they'll be opened in such a way that you will be like God because you will know good and evil. And God doesn't want you to have fun. He doesn't want you to be like him. He wants to keep you locked up down here like his little prisoners. And unfortunately, uh, Adam and Eve listened to that. They ate the fruit, they sinned against God, and their eyes eyes were opened, uh, just as Satan had suggested, only not the way they were expecting. So instead of becoming like God or in some way transcending who they were and becoming something greater, um, their eyes were open to the fact that a controversy existed. For the first time, they truly understood what it meant to be good versus evil. The, the concept that there was God and there was Satan, that there was good in the world and that there was an evil force in the world. Uh, prior to this, they didn't really understand I don't think, uh, what it meant that there was war in heaven and that there had been a battle fought and that, uh, Satan had been banished to earth. Maybe God had talked to them about this, but, um, like us, you know, proactive warnings are often unheeded, right? A lot of times we, the only way we can learn things is to learn them the hard way. And this is what happened to Adam, Adam and Eve. So once the sin virus came through the tree portal, uh, there was no turning back. They immediately understood the gravity of their mistake and the invasive nature of the sin virus. And the battle between God and Satan was now a very real thing, right? It would be a constant thing. It would impact everything that happened on earth uh, from then on until the end of time. So when we talk about the human condition, human nature, human suffering, and human disturbance, this is really where it all began. Each of these takes root in the sin virus, and we're all impacted by them, and they won't go away until the world ends. So let's wrap things up this way. Uh, controversy theory discusses two very important concepts uh, at the end of this basic assumption, and they are these two things. First, the earth is a stage, and second, that our uh, participation is a privilege. So let's uh, run through each of those as we finish up today. First, the earth is a stage. So I'll warn you up front that uh, this is not a commonly held belief in Christianity today, I don't believe. Uh, in fact, I'm not even sure that I had ever heard it presented in a sermon or a weekend message or message series before. Uh, so I'm not, you know, this isn't something I'm going to be dogmatic about, and I'm not going to try to convince you that it's true. Uh, I'm simply going to throw it out there as a possibility and let you decide for yourself. Uh, but controversy theory suggests that our Earth is a stage in a universal theater. Let me flesh that out a little bit. So the concept that the battle between God and Satan is a play that is playing out on earth and the universe is watching. Now, obviously this suggests that there are beings in the universe to watch the play, right? 
Now we know that there are beings in heaven. For example, there are angels that God created. Uh, the book of Revelation describes there being 24 elders, four living creatures, seven spirits. Uh, and we're told in the Bible that God took some people uh, straight to heaven. So people like Enoch, uh, Moses, and Elijah um, actually left earth and were taken to heaven. So there, you know, there are definitely beings in heaven that are able to watch the controversy that's going on on earth. But the question is, is it possible that God had created other worlds even before he created us? So planets where the sin virus um, never took root. It makes sense. You know, if God is a creative being and a social being, why wouldn't he have created other beings? So the only passage in the Bible that really brings this idea into focus or even suggests that this is true uh, is in the book of Job. So the Bible, you know, kind of leaves the stage door open by including the following passage in Job 1 and 2. So there's a verse that says, uh, The day came when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came representing earth. And then a little farther it says, uh, when God asked where Satan had come from, not that he didn't already know, uh, Satan replied, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Strange, right? This little exchange that Job has um, suggests that there might be a universal board meeting or something that was happening in heaven at the beginning. Um, since Satan came representing earth, what were the other sons of God representing? Where did they come from? And the question is, could it be that these representatives were from other sinless planets or worlds that God had already created? And that the earth is really the only planet where the sin virus, um, you know, was brought into play. Interesting, I know. The ramifications are mind-blowing. If this is true, the entire universe is watching to see how the controversy will play out. They're watching us, but not for entertainment. Um, you know, I really doubt that it's entertaining to watch an entire race of people implode and uh, attack each other and kill each other and, and start wars and ruin their environment. I mean, all of these things, it's not entertainment. Um, I would suggest it's more a reverent um, viewing of something, wanting to understand it, wanting to understand the true nature of the sin virus and, and wanting to see how it plays out in the universe. So my, my assumption is that they want to see how God handles the sin virus and how he handles the rebellion of Satan. On some level, maybe they're judging the actions of their creator, right? Wanting to see, you know, if he's all about love, like he says, uh, and if he'll actually allow his created beings the freedom of choice that he says that they have. Again, controversy theory uh, suggests that this is true, um, but again, not a hill to die on. And finally, um, we have this concept that participation is a privilege. So the second concept doesn't require the first to be true, uh, but it is definitely enhanced by it. So it's the idea that humans get to participate at a very high level due to our freedom of choice. After all, uh, if you look at, at us as being the prize, so to speak, in the battle, then our allegiance is really what God and Satan are fighting for. So this makes sense then um, that our participation would be very important. 
the last thing we want to do is pretend like it doesn't matter or like our participation isn't necessary that we're you know okay to just sit sit on the sidelines and watch just like the universe is watching and if the earth is a stage how much more important does that make it right that we're we're in a uh, a battle we're in a play we're playing this role that the entire universe is watching doesn't that ramp up the importance level just a little bit um, with our decision we would be playing a huge role in a universal broadway production um, we're deep into act two and the universe is getting nervous they're getting they're getting to see uh, the final um, scenes if you will uh, that people still have their freedom of choice and that choices are being made. Uh, next week, we're going to dive into this a little bit more in more depth, uh, this concept of participation and, and what it means. But for now, just understand that our participation is a privilege and that it's a privilege that should not be taken lightly. Okay, let's land the plane. Uh, so this week, I want you to ask yourself the following questions. Uh, are you more focused on temporal things or eternal things? Next, do you understand the powerful tool that you have in your freedom of choice? Next, do you understand the importance of your decision in the controversy? And finally, if you do, have you decided one way or the other in the controversy? So just things to get started thinking about, and uh, next week we'll build on some of these and uh, we'll have other questions for you to consider. Um, but I think for now, that's, that's a good summary of why the controversy exists. So thank you for joining us today and for choosing to walk through this series with us. I truly believe that this is the perfect time for this information. Um, you know, just given the world we're living in, the time we're living in, um, this new pandemic and the, the worldwide attention it's, it's got and uh, how the world has had to really kind of start working together in order to uh, figure this out. Um, so I, I'm hoping that this is helpful to you, not only in your life, but just in the way that we're experiencing life uh, right now. Uh, next week, we dive into the second basic assumption, and that is that participation is both voluntary and involuntary. So until then, uh, stay safe and keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com where you'll find ways to contact us and how to access social media channels. If you like the show, you can help us by doing the following. First, tell a few friends about the show. Uh, there's nothing better than word-of-mouth marketing. Second, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, this will make it easier to find the show and encourage others to check us out. Uh, thanks again for subscribing, and we'll see you next time.